ladies and gentlemen of the Paley Center, please take your seats, please take your seats, as we welcome the Puffin Publishing Podcast! What's up? Howdy doody. Hello. Hello, that bubble's blowing. Yeah, let's everyone, everyone get their drink, everyone, uh, take your seats, take your seats, take your seats. Got a got a little to get through and a lot of time to do it. Uh, <laughs> we got to really stretch this one out. We did not. We, we prepared diddly shit. Fifty yes. nifty puffin episodes of what you'd barely call comedy. If yeah. you exclude best ofs, live specials, random one-off sketches like the band 420 sketch (laughs) about a third of our content if you have if you avoid majority of the feed this is our 50th episode of the puffin publishing podcast if you count it exactly wrong this is the 50th episode of the puffin publishing podcast and in that something folks in that something we've been going for a little less than four years now and mm-hmm. that's uh, a little more than a year and a half, uh, three years and a half too many. <laughs> and I just uh, have to ask the question of why you're all still here. <laughs> why you're all still here? We barely promote the show anymore. Vern does great videos. Vern does great videos. But like Thank we're you. all, we're all, oh, yeah. great um, you know. Uh, listen, it's gonna come up. There was some stuff maybe early on in the show. I'm TV's Kevin Lanigan, of course. Uh, there was some stuff maybe early on in the show that I would like to legally distance myself from. <laughs> uh, but, but other than that, we're very proud of the work we've done here. We're very proud. Yes, uh, and I'm, and I'm Vern, obviously, and, uh, we're all, there's, uh, there's also some stuff that, uh, oh boy, Oh boy, uh, that I've said, and uh, but it's uh, the we you you learn, and we'll talk about it more in detail later. I'm sure. I don't want to start out this thing on a huge bummer, uh, but um, you 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 learn from making mistakes, <laughs> and unfortunately, we made mistakes with a live microphone <laughs> and editing software, <laughs> but not editing software. Where we could cut out the mistakes. No. Uh, but you know, it's a uh, we're we're doing our best, and we've done our best, and I think that for the most part, uh, there's more there's more good and more fine than there is horribly inappropriate. <laughs> but for a show that was that feels like it was recorded a lifetime ago, I I still feel net. Pride of what we've done. <laughs> <Net> pride. <laughs> yeah, no. If we weigh our gains and our losses, I think we just we just eke out a profit pride. We're guys, guys, it's fine. We're not in the red pride wise. Fifty one wins and forty nine losses is still a win. <laughs> it's That's still a winning just... season, boys. <laughs> <laughs> That beleaguered sigh was, of course, Joe Conroy, who has tried his best to distance himself from this. The the only one of us who actually developed a career. Yes, yes. So, yeah, hi, hello, everyone. (laughs) I am indeed Joe Conroy. I'm, in fact, ducted down to a chair and dragged into this mess after spending four years in just 
blissful, just pure, pure nirvana <laughs> and peace. I didn't need to think about what happened with the Puffin Publishing Podcast. Yep. I didn't need to. <laughs> It, it was like the the end of Silence of the Lambs. You know, you were just on a nice vacation in Panama, but there were three guys in bad wigs behind you going, oh, have a nice friend for dinner. Have an old friend over for dinner. We would just mutter that to ourselves. Like all, well, no, what's, well, no, what's, like all what's happened is that uh, Joe's been living in a cabin chopping pineapples for his cocktails, and three of us from the CIA came up and said, Joe, we need you for one last job. One last job. And I and I actively told you guys no, but you then said, "Oh, there's not really for not asking," and then drugged me, and now I'm here, and I'm not happy about it. So okay, fine. Speaking of uh, Joe and Joe not happy, being happy to be included, and the uh, the promo videos I make. Joe, do you remember uh, the promo video I made? Uh, that was uh, it was I can't remember which episode it was for, but it was Jeffrey Chaucer, Justin as Jeffrey Chaucer. And he was trying to get the pandas, uh, the panda population back up. And he Jesus. was, and he was trying to. Uh, his his plan was to have actors dress up, pornography actors, to dress up as pandas and fuck in front of the pandas. And I made yes. a promo video for this. And in that uh, promo video, I include a bunch of photos of actual porn stars. And in those photos is a picture of Joe Conroy. <laughs> Do you... <laughs> yep. You thought you thought you were being clever. You thought you could just slip that one by me, and I wouldn't notice. But the first time I watched it, <laughs> like like a laser scope, I caught that and immediately had to call you out of your bullshit. To be fair to you, I think out of all four of us, if there's any of us that's attractive enough to be a porn star, it's you. Yes. That's what I'm saying, you slab of meat, you hunk of man ham. You guys clearly haven't seen what quarantine has done to me. <laughs> no, but it's done it to all of us, right? So yeah. you, were, you were winning the race before, but we've all equally slid backwards down the mountain. Like, you're not... I didn't yeah, get, that's... I didn't get quarantine hot, baby. So, like... Joe, you might be at a five now when you're normally at a ten, but all of us are at threes and we slipped to like negative twos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, see, for me, it, I, I, I was like Henry Kissinger in that I was already unfuckable, but I went out through the other end. You went out yeah. through the other end where now I would just cornhole Henry Kissinger like there's no tomorrow. Oh exactly. I'm what okay. happens if you're on a uh, marooned island and you look at your partner and you see a steak. <laughs> <laughs> Except instead of a steak, it's just me with my shirt off and <laughs> just kind of shrugging. It's a steak on a deserted island, so there's, like, sand cake to it. There's, like, a bird pecking at it. <laughs> there's a seagull, like, already yeah. taking a bite out of it. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, speaking of seagulls and Justin and going down Puffin memory lane, uh, I wanted... This is a question I had for all you guys. Um, but one of my... Like, our favorite sketches. But one of my favorite things we ever, ever, ever did on this show is from our one-year anniversary special, the Earth Day special. Uh, there's been an hour of content about how you shouldn't pollute, how you should take care of the environment. 
and then Justin comes in as Clive Cussler, and his whole sketch is that he's on the floating trash island, and he's starving, and he wants you to pollute more, so he'll have more food. Bit. Good bit of the memories, the memories. I, I remember uh, crying laughing editing that, and Kevin and... This is when Kevin and Joe and I all lived together, and ah, Kevin yes. and Joe had to, uh, they, you had to check on me. You were worried for my <laughs> Yeah, because my, because my, my bedroom was just directly next to your room, so anytime, anytime you were editing and there was a particular funny moment, I would know. <laughs> and I would just keep a tally of being like, okay, okay, what... I'm wondering which sketch it is this time, and how long you just cackle. Whereas I lived in the basement at the time when the three of us lived together, and I had to come up from my dwelling and visit you, because I thought for sure Jack Napier, alias Joker, had pumped your room full of Joker gas and turned you into some sort of hideous monstrosity. And to be fair, I was a hideous monstrosity, but there was no Joker gas. I don't know, just uh, the the concept, the context of an hour worth of don't pollute, please take care of the environment. <laughs> and then Justin coming in as Clive Cussler, just like, I'm hungry, keep polluting. <laughs> not, not come rescue me, not nope. <laughs> anything. <laughs> keep polluting. That is, that is still... The most baffling episode we've done. And I I love it. That is a personal favorite of mine. I like Same. all the specials. The Bible special that followed it as our two-year anniversary, I also think is very, very funny. Um, I, I truly appreciate that. Day 15. I've been landlocked in the South Pacific on this godforsaken garbage island. My boat got stuck here 15 days ago. I've run out of rations. I've been living on plastic bags, old VHS copies of Jimmy Neutron, and a two-liter bottle of Pepsi Vanilla. All of this I have managed to scrounge and beat away from seagulls, sea lions, sea horses, and the odd manatee. Please, pollute more so I have more to eat. I love my favorite sketch of all time, will never be topped, is O. Henry, uh, our beloved, <laughs> our beloved Christmas sketch, uh, featuring <laughs> just just two just two monsters battling back and forth, and one compulsive seller of his goods on on a Facebook group called Heartland Swap and Resale. <laughs> <laughs> a retelling of the O. Henry Christmas classic uh, that was, is in our first December episode, but is also released as its own thing on the feed somewhere, uh, is is my personal favorite and always will be. I think that is very, very funny. That's There's maybe like six or seven sketches that were recorded just 
under sheer just like sleep sleep deprivation and uh, too tired to function. <laughs> it was our Bohemian Rhapsody. I mean, let's and, be honest. Uh, and <laughs> and uh, another like yeah, it's Kevin and I as uh, O and O Henry and Mrs Henry, and uh, and then Justin comes in as Santa Claus. And he's not doing a Santa Claus laugh. He's just doing a shitty, like, uh, shit-eating grin laugh. No, no, no. I'm doing a Santa Claus laugh, but I'm not opening my mouth. Oh. (laughs) 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 Oh, my God. It's so funny. And, like, I feel like uh, we had company over. We had special guests. I think it was, like, Kirby and Elizabeth. And, uh... Way after recording that sketch, like, the logic of it would trickle into my brain and I'd realize more and more things that were wrong and just make me laugh harder than and harder and harder. Uh, I remember really losing it over that sketch. Uh, during the sketch, but even more so after. Oh, Henry, you really are a slow one. Here, I got you these running shoes to make you faster. Oh, honey, that's so thoughtful of you. Thank you so much. But I sold my feet. Why'd you do that, Henry? I don't know, actually. Was it to, like, get me a good present or something? You just kind of sold your feet? I don't know. I just like selling things. I found this Facebook group called Heartland Swap and Resell. And I'm addicted to it. I'm just selling everything. I had to do it because I don't know why. Oh, Henry, to whom? To whom? I don't know because I sold my classes and I couldn't. I did Oh, Henry. Did you at least keep the money? No, I sold the money. Oh, Henry. Did you at least get money in exchange for the money? Yeah, but I sold it too. But did you then get more money for your money money? I think so, but I sold my wallet. With the money in it? I think so. But then did you get more money for the wallet? Yeah, I got coins in exchange. I got coin currency. Okay, did you keep those in no, your pockets? No, you sold all your clothes. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what a tangled web we weave, oh, Henry. How about how about Justin? What's, what's your favorite? God, um... I don't remember that one. No, no, uh, I think my favorite (laughs) sketch... I'm not gonna lie, the one that makes me consistently laugh the most is the Victor Hugo. (laughs) (laughs) Where, A, he comes into a restaurant and just keeps ordering mashed potato sandwiches. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then I'm playing Dante Alighieri, and I'm going back to the kitchen, and there's Joe as Giuseppe, the chef, and Joe is, I think, at his most furious, <laughs> we're talking about, like, good food, which Joe actually cares about. It's... So Vern is actually insulting his sensibilities, and it's just getting Joe even angrier. <laughs> <laughs> like, can I have some gravy with my lasagna? Uh, yeah, uh, hot pocket lasagna and mashed potato sandwiches. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be honest. It, trans- it did actually transcend from character into pure actual <laughs> It was... I was legitimately angry. I was also probably a little drunk, but also legitimately <laughs> angry. Yeah. It's, uh... 
it's one of those dumb puffin jokes that happen all the time where the joke of it is if you look at the word hugo wrong it can look like it says huge and so victor hugo is fat and that's the joke and uh i slapped my it, it, it is truly amazing that we got so much mileage out of not even referencing the authors but taking the barest outline of them and then coloring them in with crayon and not even staying within the lines. He wants mashed potato sandwiches. That's mashed potato scusi. sandwiches. Wait, scusi. I've been, I scoosed him and that didn't no, go no, anywhere. No, no, you're, you're stand, I'm hungry. I'm scoosing you, Giuseppe. You're standing in my kitchen in my restaurant i'm the chef here and i'm your manager Giuseppe. And i'm hungry don't you dare we are, we are already in the red and he is getting a second 15 course meal this will put us in the black it will save your career my career my career is already made i i was in a, i was in purgatorio then I came down here because I heard, oh, the great Dante Alighieri's opening a restaurant. Guess you should be looking for someone Listen, Giuseppe, chef. No, Giuseppe. you sh shut up. You're in my kitchen right now. My kitchen. Okay. So what does okay, he want? Giuseppe. What does he want? He wants. He wants mashed potatoes with garlic on rye bread. I don't have rye bread. No, we're Italian. Who the f when the fuck do Italians have ever had rye bread? I have some. I, Italian I, bread? <laughs> no, actually, I used all the Italian bread for the 15 course meal that he doubled up on. I know, he ate so many bread rolls and like I all have, of our olive I oil. Have, I have. If Victor Hugo got more food, he'd feel less miserable. <laughs> Just the loosest idea, or sometimes we would come up with a voice. Or like a bit, and we're like, I don't know, give me an author. Literally anyone. It doesn't matter. Hand me anyone. Kevin's got a, a Kevin's got a Well, he's got an H. John Benjamin impression. Who do we got? <laughs> Susan Collins? Okay. Works for me. And that's how that's how I got to use this H. John Benjamin. Like any would-be comedian, I have spent a lot of time doing impressions. Unfortunately, all of my impressions are John Oliver, H. John Benjamin, Patrick Warburton. Like, impressions with the viability of a fucking lemon Volkswagen bug. Just like, you cannot build anything off of an H. John Benjamin voice. Although, it doesn't help with their impressions of mostly other comedians. This is... Right. You can't fucking parody that. You're just doing them. You're just <laughs> like, you're just making people wish they were talking to H. John Benjamin instead. <laughs> He was asking hey, you for yeah, Naruto toys. Hey, yeah, is funny. Yeah, he's very hey. Funny. He's a very funny man. Uh, I want to circle back to this uh, topic, but we can't leave Joe behind. Joe, do you have any favorite sketch? Do you have any pleasant memory at all of Puffin Publishing? <laughs> well, you know the answer to that is no. <laughs> as it should be, as it should be. I, I'm... I guess I'm legally obligated to answer your question? 
gonna... I'm, I'm not a cop. You can say whatever you... You don't have to legally do anything. Man. I am a bastard. I am not a cop, but I am a bastard. I mean, when I say legally, I mean the just... The contract I signed with the devil when I started <laughs> joining in on this. But I'll legitimately, one of the... One of the... Uh, I wouldn't say it's less of a bit. I'd say it's more of a consistent bit over time is always got to be uh, Matt Damon. The first introduction of Matt Damon. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That is one of the moments of where I just still to this day think about it. And I just get that consistent, like, hit <laughs> chuckle. I'm going to eat. This uh, shoestring like a spaghetti noodle. It's early, Puffin, but it still gets me each yes. time. Uh, thank you. Yes, I'm Matt Damon Grimm. Um, hello. Welcome to you. I hope you're enjoying the complimentary kettle corn given to you at the entrance. Mm. But some explanation. I told my brother, Heath Ledger Grimm, that he wouldn't be able to finish all of Cinderella, his 12-page book. Not surprisingly, he proved me wrong. But unfortunately, I said, and these are my words, if you finish this book, I will eat my own shoe. And now I am behest to eat my own shoe live for you on the stage. I have prepared it inside my favorite food, macaroni and cheese with hot dogs. And I'm going to begin the process now. Okay. So mostly it's just mac and cheese at this point. Oh, I found a hot dog. I think I will know specifically when I get to the shoe and I will keep you all up to date. Okay. So this is either the longest macaroni noodle in history or I found the shoelace. It tastes a lot like I imagined it would taste like. My own hands and puddles. I, I really am proud, though, Kevin, that I did figure out how to make an edible shoe. You did. That and was I, very I, impressive. I did fucking eat it on stage, baby. So, so what is your favorite? So, what's everyone's favorite uh, live show bit? Um, I gotta give it up for in the third live show. Um, the conceit was, you know, when you do a show at a bar, often the bar will give you drink tickets. And so we oh, were yes. planning for this. It was a Matt Damon Grimm bit. Um, and I think, what was it, Matt and, and Dante? Is it, Justin? Yes. Um, where, where we, we, it was supposed to be like a, a sommelier wine taste test. Um, and it would just essentially be another sketch of Matt Damon Grimm reacting to <laughs> something that is happening in front of him and describing what is in his mouth. So we went up to uh, the bar at the Monocle, a uh, great venue, and we cashed in all of our drink tickets and essentially said to Laura, um, the the oh, manager? Proprietor? Yeah, yeah, proprietor. She was the uh, general manager. The, the tavern keeper, uh, a great lady, cashed Super in all cool. our drink tickets and said, give us something wild. You know, like dealer's choice, give us something wild. And she came back with a huge bottle of grain alcohol. Like if you wanted to strip paint from the side of a tractor, you would use this <laughs> this grain alcohol. And we were like, okay. And this thing was like fucking what? 98%? Yeah. Alcohol. Like 98 proofs. 
98 proof, and we we poured it in glasses, and I like couldn't even take it into my mouth really. Well, it was no, just, like, well, hit like, my... we needed something more with it, so we got a bunch of garnishes, which we would bite first <laughs> and then drink the grain alcohol. Uh huh. And we would we would do that, and like it hit my tongue, and I had like a visceral reaction, and just like spit it back up. And we did this a couple times. Well, no, like we, we got a spit cup because we knew we'd spit up yeah, the yeah. grain alcohol. So we did. So we got a spit cup. And we, we did this bit, and I hadn't had any drinks. I didn't like to drink before performing. Uh, I like to have, like, a clear head when we're making shit up and try to, like, give people a good show. Um, and we left this beverage on the stage, and a couple other times throughout the show, someone would take a drink for comedic effect. And, and I realized late in the game, just through, like, six sips of this alcohol... I was drunk. Like I oh, could wow. not I could not think. I went out on stage to talk to Joe, I think as like an interstitial bit waiting for the next act to come on. And I realized I couldn't like sustain a thought. <laughs> Just like essentially a contact high with this grain alcohol. Uh, wow. So that that is my number one. I will always, I will fondly, rem- if we never do anything else involving Puffin, I will, I will always love uh, that that experience. You it's see, not so- my number one, but I was proud of myself for uh, at the end of the sketch, just chugging the the spit cup. Oh, oh I you, remember all you yes. forgot all about that. You filthy bastard. Yeah, oh my, it is, I mean, it's a great comedic bit, but also it's, it's, it's attempted suicide on stage. No, except, <laughs> I, and by the end of the show, I was fine. Because I, I was go not. ahead, Joe. I go was ahead. not, because we were the next, because my bit, because I think I had a uh, Lovecraft bit, the next, the next, uh, right after that one, and I came onto stage and I just downed one of the oh. really full ones. Yes, I, like, I yeah, remember I I'm a veteran drinker. I can I can handle this. And then midway through that Lovecraft sketch, it's just hit me like a truck, and it was like, oh no, this is not good. Where was this the Lovecraft's arts and crafts? Yeah, you downed that, <laughs> and like Kevin like bowed to you on stage, and then I did it for another sketch, and I can't. It was. I just did it, and it was literally, I say it, like, in the... Because I can't not break character in any sketch I do. Um, but I say in the sketch, whenever I take a sip, that, like, I just wanted to be part of that experience with everybody. And, like, the high of, like, performing on stage, plus uh, probably being bipolar, uh, made it so I didn't feel anything. Latent <laughs> uh, uh, bipolar tendencies. Yes. Uh, I didn't feel anything during... But, like, after the uh, show, we went to that, that pancake place. And uh, as the night went on, like, I started feeling worse and worse and worse and worse. And I remember whenever I was laying in bed that night, like, my last conscious thought I had before I fell asleep was, I'm going to vomit everywhere. What do you say? One more for the road? Yes, one more for the road. Okay. So this one... Believe it or not, yeah, what's is this? grain alcohol. This is no kidding. No kidding. Can what I can I put an orange wedge in it to cut Go it? Go a fucking head. 
I mean, you know, it'd be like putting a butter knife to Mount fucking Everest, but you know. I've had clear spring one other time in my life. It was on a romantic date with a young lady who had just gotten a manicure. And when she put her fingers in the glass, not only did it strip off the nail polish, it took off the nail. This smells like it cleans sinks. I think it just, I think it like, I think it just gets rid of the sink. It smells like death feels. <laughs> Listen, I've been to all nine circles of hell. I've got my restaurant on the circle of gluttony. I think, I think I know what it's like when Satan fell and he hit the earth and like broke all his bones That's and all that shit. That's the taste of being That's cast out of heaven? Yes. I'm so legitimately scared for you right now. You know what? Hold on. I'm gonna eat the rind first. It'll probably You're be nasty. more pleasant. You're nasty. This is the worst thing we've ever done. But uh, yeah, that grain alcohol was uh, was tough stuff. That was that was the third live show. Was the one where um, we got Ken Bone, which that that's my favorite uh, <laughs> live show sketch. So Ver, for those who don't know, Vern did a series of sketches about where he's Washington Irving who wakes up late and has great topical c- comedy. <laughs> And the first one is Here I Am Again with Ken Bone in 2017 when the election's over. <laughs> it became a it became a weird runner and it was our last live show when I thought I might as well try and he was game at which I was really stoked about. Um and it probably feels cooler than it is that I got to sing on stage with Ken Bone. He was it, legit cool and funny. Like, very funny. funny. A very, like, he was more talented than the rest of us were. Oh, 100%. 100%. But he was uh, so cool, and that was such a cool moment. And then, this at the very first live show, um, uh, we closed it out with me doing Mark Twain, and the sound guy for those live shows was a really cool guy. And as we were leaving uh, the stage, whenever the show was over, he played uh, Tom Sawyer by Rush uh, as I was walking off as Mark Twain. And I felt so cool. Like, I felt for the first time in my life, I felt cool. Uh, and so it's not a great comedic moment. But, oh, man, that was that was a cool moment for me. I never thought this would happen where I'd be on stage with Ken Bone. I'm thrilled beyond the imagination. And I'm grateful to you. You made my live show story art conclude. Here I go again with Ken Bone. Asking candidates about coal. Renewables in the future. Somehow doesn't know for whom to vote. I figured it out. Not sure about Don or Hillary. But I'm sure glad 
Good job, Washington. Good vote, everybody! I can honestly say I've never been more proud of Washington Irving. Good <laughs> vote. Oh my gosh. It may be just a little self-indulgent, but I do really fondly remember the first time I pulled H.P. Lovecraft out on stage. And proper, like, H.P. Lovecraft can't stop drawing porn. He can't. He just, he tries so hard. He's, he's trying to be a, he's trying to live up to his name as a craft, but he keeps just drawing penises. Just, it just constant really dicks. Nice. Oh dear. Oh dear, it's happening again. I can't stop drawing dicks. Oh god. Oh dear, Japan is going to have a field day with this one. Okay, you know what? You know what? Fuck reading all of your minds. I am going to set the record straight on something. Understand? I am going to draw you my most famous creature because you all are getting it wrong. You know who I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about Cthulhu. Yeah. Yeah, y'all motherfuckers keep fucking that shit up. I thought I laid it out very clearly in he is an indescribable horror. For some reason, nobody can visualize something that doesn't have a form. So, fuck you, I'm going to draw Cthulhu. See? He has two, like, eyes here that are, like, dark and shit, dark and shit. He's like a he's like serpentine nose. And he has like a whole bunch of tentacles coming out of his face. And they all have these things at the end of it then. Like this, and this, and this, and this. And they're all like that, and that, and that, and that, and this, and that. And... This has been Arts and Crafts and Lovecraft. <laughs> did we do did we do HP Lovecraft drawing porn a couple times? Uh, we uh, we did one because the second one I I think the second show that was we did HP Lovecraft like acts out, and I said a lot of deeply anti Irish things because <laughs> that was the show that Joe had no voice for. Yes. Oh yeah, because considering I came out. And did one sketch where we I talked, and then the rest of the time, I just had to pantomime. And it that's was... fine though, Joe. You're the best actor out of any of us, so it was still funny as hell. 100%. And legitimately, uh, the first time I ever met Joe, um, it was at Chainlink Improv, and he did a bit where he was a mime. And then the next time I saw him at Chainlink Improv. I didn't realize it, but, like, he had laryngitis. And so I legitimately thought for a while there, whenever I first met Joe, that he was just a mute, that he didn't speak. <laughs> he was just our Harpo. But yeah, he was so... But, Joe, you're so good at, like, uh, you know, just speaking, like, physically, comedically. You're just so good at that. Uh, you are legitimately probably the best actor of all four of us. Oh, no. Like, Joe, uh, you I, could do an H.P. Lovecraft one-man show. Like oh, I'm yes. like not 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 as a bit. 
Like, as an actual dramatic one-man show, you could do it. I'd pay good money for that. I'd see the shit out of that. I would just need someone to cover up the fact that I am, in fact, the straight man of this quartet. And it's perfect. There's ominous thunderclouds behind you as you talk about <laughs> about a, a famed racist, just a horrible racist man. Yeah. Oh no! Even racist by his time. Like you know, <laughs> considering all the stuff that we covered on the show, I am so surprised that we didn't do a sketch about H.P. Lovecraft's cat's name. I'm so surprised. <laughs> I honestly, th- this is an incredibly embarrassing thing to say, but I honestly thought we were above that. Oh, <laughs> I I did think we were kind of above the one. So so taking Mark Twain just as an example, we yeah. would say a lot of things <laughs> under the guise of Mark Twain. We would. And, and there was mm. there were a lot of like terms and epithets that got passed around, but. Even Mark Twain would not say the N-word. Even he knew that that was a terrible idea. This is, uh, this is, there's a lot of stuff tied into this. Um, but unlike majority of the characters I've done on Puffin Publishing Podcast, uh, Mark, my Mark Twain character is actually based on something. And, uh, it's based on his, uh, he wrote a essay about like how terrible um, the uh, Chinese immigrant workers were being treated during like the the Industrial Revolution and building the uh, the the railroads across the country, and it's like this really like weirdly woke piece of literature. We're talking about like how ashamed we should be as uh, American people, but oh yeah, that entire essay he uses a very uncool term for Chinese people. Uh, And so my Mark Twain was trying to be like, he's an idiot whose heart's in the right right place, but he can't say the right words. But then just over time, it's just like, no, he's just a dumb racist. Like, he's just... (laughs) And uh, that's, uh, that's... I'll just get this out of the way real quick. Like... Uh, and I've, I think I think I say this in the last ever episode of Puffin Publishing Podcast, but I want to get it out now. Just why not? Um, it's uh, to me like anyone can like step on a rake and hit themselves in the head with the handle, and anyone could accidentally like miss their mouth and they're pouring themselves a drink or whatever. Like those aren't marks of stupidity; those are marks of just like clumsiness. And in my brain, like, Mm -hmm. the real marks of stupidity and ignorance is being a racist, being a horrible, like, hateful person. Um, And so, like, I always try to depict Mark Twain as being an idiot. Um, And the easiest way to do that is by saying, like, dumb things. And I just hope... Uh, Bible but, shortener is still a a very good term. A (laughs) number one. Which... Which makes no sense because Jesus Christ was a Jew, <laughs> and he Jesus was well, no, the one that no, the Christians are the Bible, Bible lengtheners. Exactly, the Christians are the and longeners. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I say <laughs> red sea pedestrian. Yes. Um, majority no, of those. That, that's actually from uh, 
like a Brian. Brian. Yes, oh, I was oh, going to yeah, yeah, say. Yeah. You see, and we at Puffin, we try so hard to, like, make ris- racism ridiculous and all this stuff. But, like, we didn't need to. The world's doing that for is us. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean. Listen, baby, we started recording this in 2016. Not, like, pre-election. And mm. at that time... We were all in this, like, Obama-era optimistic glow. We were in, like, the shining golden light. Like, he was not a perfect president by any stretch of the imagination. But there was a certain feeling among certain people, ourselves included, that maybe, like, the worst was behind us. That, like, (laughs) we could make fun of the social mores that used to be ah in those halcyon days of yore when yeah. we were racist motherfuckers and that was stupid we were wrong to have thought yes yes but yes. we still thought it and and that's where we were coming from but uh and kevin you say this in the episode that uh, i'm editing currently nice. uh you you make a reference uh a joking reference to our our stark commitment to uh to uh, factual, uh, you know, being factual on the show. Uh, not only did we get historical that, accuracy, historical it's our watchword here at Puffin. Yes, uh, we uh, we not only got like things like big things. Um, we we not only got macro things wrong, we also got like micro level things wrong. Uh, I there's a author who's very famous for killing herself, and I thought I was portraying that author, and it wasn't that author. Oops. Oh well, <laughs> like. <laughs> Like, I also, I distinctly remember, and this was the, this was like a debate that went on for weeks. It was the entire uh, white guy named Dave that, Kevin, you were so viciously angry I want the record to show, and it airs in that episode, just how much I was against that sketch from Jump Street, from from fucking uh, Channing Tatum Town, I was against this, <laughs> and uh, history will prove me right. Oh no, yeah, I I take responsibility for being someone who pushed hard to publish that sketch. Uh, I still think it's funny, and I think it's actually low key a little truer than we than we like. I agree with you. It's It gets into this debate. It's the same thing with, like, <sighs> Tropic Thunder's use of blackface, where, like, you are trying to articulate a larger point, but is it appropriate to use these uh, racial pieces in any way, even if you are trying to make a point? And I don't think there is a yes. hard and fast answer to that. I would say... We are the ne- wrong people to make this point. I, I Yes, I think that is yes. ultimately what we come down to. But Vern, you are allowed to speak for yourself, obviously. Uh, no, it's... Uh, that's the problem with uh, me being... Uh, having a small brain is that... Uh, or maybe like a medium-sized brain is that like... I have points that I want to make, but I have a hard time articulating them. Um, Functional? They- adequate? Yeah, uh, it's it, it's it, it gets the job done. Um, as I say before, like I know what my head means, I know what my heart means, but I have a hard time making my mouth say it. And like uh, I was trying to like say something just about like just the inherent, just like 
how it, once again just like how dumb racism is and like how easy it is for dumb racist white people to take untrue things as being true mm-hmm. if that makes any sense at all and yeah it's uh it's I can't remember. I think it was Kevin who said this. It's like, it's more a family guy bit than it is a Puffin Publishing podcast bit. Mm. <laughs> that maybe where it is where it goes wrong. Not that like it ever goes. I don't know. It's uh, it's it's definitely not one that I would like put on any reel or anything. Like that. <laughs> it's not one for the demo. And but also, uh, you know, like he says, and he comes up a couple times, like. He mentions that he's dumb. Like he he's he doesn't think he's right. Uh, he knows he's wrong. He knows he's incorrect. So that's something. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> let me. I let me. I just say like, and maybe I can't speak for all four uh, for all four of us, but I can speak for myself. And like, um, we are dumb. Oh, we're human, yes. and we get things wrong a lot. We get things more wrong more often than we get them right um but we we do try to get things right and whenever we do get things wrong like we are apologetic and we are you know sorry that we get things wrong and uh you know like there's certain things and certain characters and certain things that like never got revisited uh or you know like or just have not reappeared because like we realized because there's a huge space and time especially now between recording these and editing these Mm -hmm. where we realize that like oh we got that wrong (laughs) right look look under sort of a plain flag there's a big circle that's the sun with a red circle i mean i mean i I mean i think kind of more of a scarlet dark orange but sure Uh, they don't really see color underground listen this may all seem like one big joke to you but Uh like Man, this culture means a lot to me. Like, they shared all this with me, and I want to share it with you, man. Why don't you join me in being an honorary enjoyer and fan of this? Become what we call an otaku. Sure, I'll become an otaku. Thank you. Thank you, Herbie. This means so much to me. This is the only thing I'm going to do today. You should feel privileged. Oh, I do. Aw, Senpai noticed me. A what? What he didn't know is that I'm not a bull person at all. I'm Japanese. And what he didn't even know from that is I'm not Japanese at all. I'm a dumb white guy named Dave. Confucius say that's no good. Um, And in case it isn't incredibly clear to people listening to this now, we recorded every single Puffin sketch, with the exceptions of the ones that are obviously us on Skype, um, all in a one-year period back in 2016. Which Uh, is is an astonishing feat. That we are still... That we will not have completed this cycle until 2021. Uh, that we recorded that much in the the span of that original year of recording time. 
And considering that we recorded it all in one year, we're like, again, net good. There are way more hits than misses that are accounted for. And there's still a ton of stuff cut. Absolutely. And we cut some stuff that is like, yikes. Like we cut, uh, we ended up cutting a good number of things that are like, uh uh-uh, nah, nah, son. Yeah. Uh, which is fine. That's that's the fucking process. Uh, it is like that for the black tape. You it, write, it is like a uh... you write thirty SNL sketches that week, so you can air fifteen of them. Like mm-hmm. that's the that's the idea. There, there's a weird uh, uh, disparity, um, and I won't get like too brainy or too like weird here, but like um, through like just life and through like different experiences and everything. Um, I do feel like a different person than I was whenever I re- re- we recorded these. Oh, 100%. and so like oh, there's a there's we a lot are, of we stuff. We are all very different men. Yes, absolutely. So there's things that like now I would have a I would have never thought of in the first place, but b I'd be like if I did think of it, I'd be like it would never go on beyond that <laughs> stage. But I don't know. We uh we we do this show because like we want to be fun and we want to be funny. For everybody. And we wanted, like, you know, was we wanted to give some people out there, like, none of us did Puffin Publishing Podcast because we thought it was going to be our career. We just did it because, like, we wanted to do fun things for us and fun things for other people. And we uh, started it because I had a botched role-playing game idea that Kevin and I just riffed on. Like on the couch one evening. Yes, right. can we please? Yeah, we were we were is all this... just hanging out in the apartment, and you... right. Is there? Have we put on record the history of this show? Have we have we done that at any point? I, I don't think, think Lake so. Wharton did on the wiki. Oh, on the wiki. <laughs> on the wiki, our beloved wiki. Uh, wait, I... hold on. Wait, hold hold on. Oh, hold, Joe didn't know on. there was a wiki. <laughs> oh, Joe didn't know. Oh, uh, Joe Joe didn't know. I don't know how current the wiki is. Uh, you know, Lake has uh, at least two children at this point. so He's my, got a real life. Yeah, my man's busy. My man ain't got time for this wiki no more. There is at least some what of a wiki. <laughs> there is. Uh, you just you, you brought up a good thing. I, that's part of why I wanted to do this. Uh, that's but part of the things I wanted to cover in this. Is that <laughs> Listen, the Wharton family is too good to us. Absolutely. I, think so. I 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm sorry, boys, if I uh, don't sound all the way together. I've had a little too much podcast juice. I underestimated the power of the podcast juice. He was drinking uh, green alcohol. Yeah, basically. Um, so I, so the, I, I, I finished. I, I just finished the bottle of. Uh, well, it's not champagne, but it is sparkling that I opened at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, but it's not from the champagne region of my butthole, so it can't be real champagne. <laughs> um, it's not real Augusta wine unless it's from Augusta County, Missouri. It's not from it's not real cum unless it comes from the cum region of my dick. <laughs> So, uh, a brief history of the Puffin Publishing Podcast, shall we? Yes, please. Um, Let's uh, an oral so history. It's it's two things operating at the same time, really. So, on the one front, Justin had a a a brief RPG slash podcast concept where everyone is playing 
historical figures of some variety in a uh, a fantasy type setting. Um, it, it and was I, called Chronageddon, in which the timeline yes. breaks and all the famous historical characters are just hanging out together. It's actually technically stolen from a pre-existing concept. As all great things are. So there's that, called, and that's uh, why... Called, called Riverworld, which is a great book series. Uh-huh. Although, I read it, it's from the 60s, so it's probably way more sexist and racist than I remember. Right. Uh, and that is why, during the first season of the Puffin Publishing podcast, the intro says... In a world where the timeline is shattered, because that was it was supposed to be like a concurrent project yeah. through that RPG campaign. Yeah, it was meant um, to be like a Mad Max setting. Yeah, exactly. It was like a Mad Max setting with all of these like rampant historical figures, and in our case, specifically authors yeah. running around. And George that, Washington uh, runs a biker gang, and uh, right, and, and Julia Child is a cannibal. Like you know. And we As did, you do. I mean, you know, good concept. And we did one recording of that, and I procrastinated my character creation up until the very end, and then I just, like, looked at my DVD collection and saw my copy of the Kira Knightley, Joe Wright, Pride and Prejudice, and said, all right, I'll do Jane Austen, I guess. Um, and then, like, a, a much more, like, episode one, a stately sort of Jane Austen, you know, a very reserved quiet person oh hello darling how are you uh, miss austin mr pennybottom you hurt me very much that's my intention i intend to wound you yes that's quite but you're hurting me in multiple ways um i'm calling you in to discuss your current novel obliterating horsecocks by jane austen yes that yes i are, are you absolutely certain you want to do this? Oh, I've never been more certain of anything in my whole life. Obliterating Horse Cocks by Jane Austen. Yes. By the Jane Austen. 100, yes, the Jane Austen. It's my legal name. The Jane Austen. Well, let's just let's let's just go over a few pieces of your book. This is this the first draft? It's seventeenth, guys. It's a it's both a spiritual and a literal sequel to Pride and Prejudice. Yes. Okay. So let's 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 go to this. Um, page yes. uh, two hundred forty-three. I'm familiar with it. Two hundred forty-three of eight hundred. Quite. Why? Yes. Um. The world's longest erotic novel. I'm going for the Guinness record this time. You see. You've probably already broken it. I just think it's a terrible it's idea. Not the only thing I've broken. Have I? Miss Austin. In all fairness. I was using, I was trying to play a game called Fate Fate RPG, which is a really well-developed game, yeah, but Fate. very hard to play because it's very abstract. Yes, it is a good framework to base other games off of. Many great uh, RPGs base themselves off of the Fate system, but it's a little too conceptual, and it, it requires a little yes. too much, like, give and take from the player in the DM rather than a, a Dungeons and Dragons or a Monster of the Week or what have you. Um, so there was that. It requires improv skills we hadn't developed yet. Exactly. Um, and probably so still don't have. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and Also I, true. I have not performed improvisational comedy in over a calendar year, so that, those skills have atrophied at this point. So there was that, and at the same time... 
we were post-grad at college, but all of us stuck around in St. Louis. Like, nobody moved to a larger city immediately. And I was trying to maintain a, a friendship with my good friend Joe Conroy. Uh, and I was like, it, you know, Joe and I were going to hang out, and we, we hung out, and then uh, and we scheduled another one. And then my boy Justin hit me up, and Justin said, like, hey, are you hanging out? I'm like, I'm actually hanging out with Joe coming up. Like, do you want to join in on this? And he was like, of course! Um, and so we all hung out. I I just assume we went to Denny's. That just was the thing that we did at that point in our lives. I don't think we did that night. Okay, but the reason I say that is because on that path to and from that particular Denny's in St. Louis, Missouri... There is a spot, or was a spot, I'm not current on it, called Smuggler's Pizza. Uh, and and Smuggler's Pizza, for some reason, really caught our comedic fancy that night. And we started going back and forth as what would essentially become like the Mario Puzo set of characters on the Puff and Publishing podcast. Like, hey, Smuggler, that's a real nice pepperoni pizza. Would be such a shame. The wider Italian family of Puffin. Exactly. The time guys. And yeah, exactly. The time guys, the wise guys, as we as we drove by, that became a bit and a riff, and we built on that. It, for some reason, that dumb joke we thought was very funny. We came back to the apartment, which I think at the time was still me, uh, Gabe, former member of the podcast, very former, and uh, now Quill. And, and we were all hanging out, and then at one point, I guess just talking about Cronageddon, Justin and I started riffing as Jane Austen and, and Charlotte Bronte, I assume? Or Emily, Emily Bronte. Bronte. And we were riffing about doing opium. Yes, we were riffing about doing opium. The, the gentleman's uh, uh, pharmaceutical. Exactly, yeah. The, the, the pharmaceutical of the dignified. And we started riffing about that, and then we just said, like... Is this a show? Is this a podcast? Like, what is this? Let's just do this. And because I'm me, if someone says, let's make this a podcast, well, guess what? Next week we're recording a fucking podcast. You know, I... I, It's it's the magic words to Kevin's horrible geas that he was given as a child. If anyone asks, thou shalt make thy podcast. And the podcast is a big example of it because it's, like, easy to produce and easy to to edit and export. But, like, I experienced the exact same thing with a uh, community, the sitcom-based merch store, where this morning I had an idea, oh, what if I sold these, like, three cheeky community-based mugs, and now I am currently waiting on the approval of that web store. I just can't let these ideas sit around, which is, a, I think, a good and bad thing about me. <laughs> it is, it is Here's a- the thing, Kevin. If it wasn't for Puffin, you would have become a Let's Player. I think that's probably true. Quill and I had talked about that a little bit. Uh, where, like, I don't know, let's do YouTube Let's Play. It would have been something if it wasn't Puffin. Uh, and I am earnestly glad it was that over a YouTube Let's Play. Uh, but also, I don't look down on YouTube Let's Plays. Don't get me wrong, I'm, I've still considered it from time to time. Um, but that is... And then, I don't remember how Vern specifically got roped into this. Maybe Vern can enlighten us. 
I was hoping that we would discuss this whenever we did this episode. Um, A, because I just think it's an interesting story, and B, because I was hoping to find out how the hell I... Because I fell ass-backward into this, and I don't know how it happened, but I just so happened to be at your apartment the night that you were going to record it. And you guys were literally just like, you got, you want to do it? And I'm like, ah, sure. Um, and I think that was basically it. Like, we were looking to fill yeah. out this cast, and we were like, oh, Vern's very funny, and in the immediate area, let's get Vern. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. And Vern um, was I, like, I, I don't it, fucking I, know anything about books. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was also getting right around that period of time of when uh, your, the lease on the apartment was coming up and Quill was moving out and yes. Vern, I think, was offering to move in. So that mm-hmm. would have been another reason. Maybe, yeah. Uh, and I know, like, that was a thing that was happening and, like, Doom to You floating around in there somewhere. And so, like... Doom to uh, You happened before Puffin. I remember that. Okay, yeah. Vernie, uh, Doom to You was right after I graduated. It was like we were working w- January 2015. Vern and I started uh, breaking scripts in the library, and then I would turn around and go write them because if Vern says, let's make a web series, I'm like, uh, great, do you want to meet tomorrow? <laughs> Yes. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and we did that, and we filmed that that summer after after I graduated in 2015. We filmed that in like three or four months. Yeah. Uh, okay. So, and due to uh, uh, emotional turmoil, there was a there was a big gap in time between rapping and and the show being done, uh, editing. But um, I yeah, I just I I was at that apartment for whatever reason. And you guys asked me if I wanted to do it, and uh, I, you know, I, I like getting the chance to perform and, and do bits. Um, and I used to do like my main outlet for doing anything was my YouTube channel, uh, and I had this idea. I think I might even had a script for it um, for a uh, Mark Twain impersonator who didn't know anything about Mark Twain. Um, so, so wait, the Mark Twain character existed before the podcast? Kind of, sort of. It was, I had this idea for a video, and it was very similar to how we ended up doing it in that first episode. But it was going to be a video, and it was going to be like, some goofy name, comma, the Mark Twain experience. And it was going to be like a 60 minutes profile or something with someone who, like, played Mark Twain live on stage. Oh, no, oh, no, a guy's first day reenacting in Hannibal, Missouri. Yeah, something like that. It was based on the Hell Holbrook uh, Mark Twain Tonight thing. Yeah, the and it Hell was going Holbrook to be... and then subsequent uh, Val Kilmer just saying, Oh, I could I could do that, too. Yeah, <laughs> because yeah. Because he also no, did a, a Mark on, Twain one-man show. Come on, Val. Uh, but yeah, I had this idea, and it was going to be a, the, a thing where it was like, and this is kind of where the Samuel Clemens, the Ware Clemens idea came from, <laughs> but whether it's just be like one of our oh. higher concepts, <laughs> a good concept. It was funny, uh... <laughs> but it was kind of the basis for that. But just like there was going to be this character in person doing an interview, and then him as Mark Twain, and then it just became like. I pulled that out 
for that record. And it was just going to be like, well, we're already doing heightened, ridiculous versions of authors. I'll just do this as Mark Twain, if he were Mark Twain, instead of someone playing Mark Twain. So, uh, Mark Twain did kind of exist before Puffin, um, but because, um, depending on when things struck with Vernio, things either got thought of in the morning and filmed and edited that night, or got thought thought of in the morning and never shot ever. <laughs> and Mark Twain was one of those things. Uh, but I, I think it worked out. There's a lot of, uh, around the time where Puffin started is where I stopped doing, uh, Vernio stuff. And like, it's essentially, it's this kind of the, uh, I, this is going to sound, there's no way to make this not sound pretentious, but the, the spirit of Vernio went into my performances <laughs> on Puffin Tosh's podcast. And now, in order to promote his up his show, Can a Brother Get a High Five? Here in the studio live is Mark Twain. Now, Mark, I'm sure you're very excited to be here today. I'm really excited. You had Kiwi in the green room. I, uh, yes, yes, we did indeed have a Kiwi. I believe, uh, Carol is Yo, in charge of Yo, can you give me some more of that Kiwi? Um, I ate that uh, bowl pretty fast. Carol, can we get some more Carol. Kiwi? Can we get more kiwi in here? Carol! Yeah, no, I'm going. I'm on it. I'm on it. Okay. Carol! The- tell me about your parents! Uh, well, uh, ladies uh, and gentlemen, our craft services hi. manager, uh, Carol hi, Abraham. Hi. Carol! Tell me about your parents. What ethnicity were they? Uh, they were... What? White? White? Yeah. What kind of white? <laughs> well, vaguely Italian? Yo! Dango Karen! <laughs> Give me some kiwi! Yeah, no, I'm on it. Can uh, a brother get some kiwi no, up in no, here? No, brother. A brother can get a kiwi. Stop hitting your stomach. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, I still don't know uh, how I got involved in Puffin, but I got involved in Puffin. I'm happy I did. I'm happy I was there. It really I'm honestly, honestly, I was I think as simple it, as You described. and Joe yeah. were just in the apartment while Kevin and I were riffing. And then it just went from there. I don't even think I was there when you guys were riffing. <laughs> when you guys yeah, pitched I don't, it to me. I don't think he was either. I, I think the first time the riffing was happening, it was myself, uh, Justin, Kevin, Gabe was there, and Quill was there. Because I, it started, it initially all started off with that riff and then it's like okay let's all meet up again next week and just record and well we all we show we all should kind of showed up and sans quill sans quill quill might have been there but they quill was not recording with us they were i think you're right i think also you're right. like not interested they were never like around live mm-hmm. their own life yeah you know what i can't blame them for not getting moved <laughs> into this dang podcast. Have you lived this life? It's awful. Live another and it, one. <laughs> and it is very, uh, this is a, a show that, it, it, there is, it, it's, it takes some, it's a very hard sell on anyone. <laughs> like, Literally, I cannot get people invested in this podcast. <laughs> it's too high concept. Like, people say, I, like, like, I don't I know anything about it. I went to a, I went, I went to Anime St. Louis and I had, and I was trying to like talk people up on this podcast, and I had a moment of crisis. And I remember texting Kevin, 
Hey, is it too late to change the name? This this name has too many syllables. Everyone gets lost when I try to explain it to them. There's, and it uh, was too late. It was too late. We were too we were too committed. And I'm I would not change the name Puffin Publishing Podcast for the world, mostly because concerned people accidentally add us on Facebook. <laughs> 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 To this day. To this I remember getting a message from someone who was like very upset because like their the book they'd bought for their kid was like defective, and I was able to respond in a really smart ass stupid way right before my phone died. And so then like a couple hours later, I had Kevin blowing up my phone like, "What did you do? What did you do?" <laughs> No, no amount of brandability can ever replace that. Yeah, it's like calling us. It's like calling ourselves the Jiffy Lube Variety Hour. Right, it's just it was, too good. It was just, you know, it, it was what it was. We were too committed. We were too dumb to know that Puffin was the child's division of Penguin Publishing, and we were already, we were already in. I had our beloved artist, uh, Victoria Courtney, the Gale Fox. Uh, mock up to alternative birds in case we got sued and needed to quickly two, pivot two to birds that looked equally horrified. Pelican publishing or pigeon publishing, and I just like use that art every so often uh, because I fucking feel like it, I guess. Uh, and you and paid for it. Get your I money paid for, for it. it. Um, and so I I just put it up every so often as like the episode art, and and that was what it was. You know, I think puffin. You know, we've we've talked about doing a movie, uh, which is a incredible undertaking for a not very popular show. But fuck it, like why the you know what the hell else am I here for if not to do a puffin movie at some point? I think we could do it at some point. We could I mean, get away with it, and we could do it on the fucking cheap too. Like this, and is that's not... what I mean. That's what what we do in the shadows is. It's. Taika Waititi's comedy troupe just doing a movie together. And no one knew who Taika Waititi's comedy troupe was, but they know Taika Waititi, so that movie works. Um, yeah. If whenever, if and when we do a Puffin movie, it probably won't be called Puffin Publishing Podcast the movie. I uh, still think Books the Motion Picture is yeah. a very strong title. Um, and also, this will never happen in a trillion years, but in my, in my dreams and in my headcanon, the movie starts in earnest. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to give anything too too away. How I really think it starts, but I really just see all four of us doing the uh, the Hey a Movie <laughs> musical number from the Great Muppet Caper. Uh, I would really like. To, I'd I mean, love that not? to happen. I it see. won't ever happen, but see, see, my, see. I have an idea that I think would be a really good crowdfunding gimmick where. If you pay a certain amount of where the, the, the climax of my unpublished script for the for books of motion picture is the main villain is a guy who wrote a book that no one read and that drove him so insane the ghostwriter tapped into his misery and <laughs> through his misery of no one ever reading his book drew in all the other classic writers that no one reads anymore. And I the only way about to the stop writer. this ordinary Midwestern man is to read his shitty thriller. 
And I, if you donated enough money, you would get to write a page of I that mean, thriller <laughs> that we would A, read, and B, with the DVD, we would send a, a piece of a document that is a paragraph that you would get to read during the climax where it's a montage of characters reading from the shitty thriller. I mean, I don't know if anyone else on this call remembers this, but at one point I did write a full script for the Puffin movie. Oh, no, I read it. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, and I, it was sent to all of you. I, yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, so, and that element was in it, not not in that exact form, but like the way to defeat the the spiritual something something was to read their shitty John Gershom esque <laughs> thriller. Um, so I don't know. A a script has been written. Rewrites are necessary, but a full script has been written years ago, uh, and we're just I don't know waiting on any number of things. <laughs> No, I I distinctly still remember remember it because it, for some reason the only thing I truly truly remember about it is there was a montage at the end where we were all supposed to be hidden in all the authors we were playing were supposed to be hidden in plain sight like fucking Dr. Seuss worked at Starbucks. Oh, were we doing? Oh, that's right. We were doing the Batman, the Dark Knight Rises ending. <laughs> where we were all just sitting in cafes nodding to the audience uh, I think oh boy it's been a minute since I've read my own script for the Puffin movie I don't I don't strictly remember that but I will take both of your words for it that 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 is it I don't the one thing the Kevin one, uh, wrote that at a weird time in my life yeah so I don't and a it. weird time in my own life the one thing that I could not get any of you to agree upon was that we should be the kids from it and there should be a flashback to us fucking as 12 year olds. I could never sell you on it. I, 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 Kevin, really now in post Epstein America, we cannot fucking No, the kids are fucking each other. No, it would be us as it's we would be. Oh, oh, so it's fine if 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 the kids fuck we each would other. Be, that makes, we would be us. Oh my we would God. be us. These this these, phone call these is thirty year that old route. men to, dressed we, as like kids with horizontal striped shirts and propeller hats, just fucking each other. <laughs> propeller beanies and suspenders as we all mime <sighs> fucking a. Quote, end quote, child of our age. Yeah, you got it. That's it. I I don't know why you were expecting a clip here. Um, we were talking about a scene that will never happen uh, from a movie that hasn't been made yet. Honestly, the, the fact that you were expecting a clip after what Kevin was just talking about says... A lot more about you than it does our show. Why would you expect a clip here? What the fuck? To pull us, just just to yeah. pull us away from this abyss that we're starting yes. to look Thank into. You. <laughs> Thank you. I, one of, and it has 
it's only like lightly connected to the podcast to the actual podcast but it was more so a behind the scenes type of deal and i distinctly remember it because it was just proper fucking hilarious uh so out of all of us we are all fans of professional wrestling yes and i i still distinctly remember us just sitting around just making fucking puffin characters in wwe oh my god amazing partly because we could never keep the wrestlers because the the wrestling games were so poorly made they kept deleting them for some reason those those evenings of just make of just us passing this one controller just creating monstrosity after fucking monstrosity okay so what is everyone's favorite uh puffin character adapted into the WWE character <laughs> creator system i would i would say mine would probably be I made Polini, and he was at, you know, fan favorite character, Chris Nick Polini, and he was, like, the scrawniest little twerp you'd ever imagine, and he... But he was, like, eight feet No, 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 he was a little boy, and he had, like, a bowl uh, ginger haircut, and he came out, I don't know which wrestler's theme this is, but he came out (laughs) running around, and the song was, like... You can look, but you can't touch. You keep dreaming about the stars above. And that was uh, fucking beautiful. Those those preservations uh, were, were a joy. When I, a tyrant, the... let the three of you take an off night from Puffin, when I didn't force us around a microphone like a fucking... Mussolini and and let us yeah and let us have fun a proper a proper podcast and let us four friends just like play Grand Theft Auto or something like I wasn't a monster oh big ups big Big ups guys biggest of ups the the night the the first night we uh, were all making characters in that uh, WWE game um Kevin made Chris Nick Polini and this game had like just an obscene amount of options for customization. And you could, down to, like, the types of teeth your characters had and, like, what color they were. And you could also customize each individual But tooth. they didn't bother to make, like, a fun game to play. It's, like, the most baffling yeah. thing. <laughs> um, and it's Kevin made Chris Nick Polini... And he gave him, like, this mouth that was missing, like, three teeth in the front. And there's this little scrawny (laughs) kid. And this was the night we got that game. And then Joe made Dr. Seuss. And Dr. Seuss was, like, a bean pole. He had white pupils. He had, like, all white eyes. Like, they were perpetually rolled in the back of his head. He was covered in scars and scratches. He had blood smeared on his face. And then the cat in the hat. uh, hat. And it was... The night we made that, Kevin and Joe were playing this game together, and there's a table set up outside the ring, and Dr. Seuss picks up Chris Nicolini, puts him on the top turnbuckle, and then does a suplex on Chris Nicolini. He suplexes him off the top uh, rope and through the table, and it shows this cutscene whenever it happens. And it's Chris Nick, and he sits up, and he screams, and he falls back down. And my head cannon, like, my brain processed it as, like, 
whenever Chris Nick went through that table, all of his teeth got knocked out. And there's no in-game audio, but in my head, I heard a little boy go, Ah! And the thought of just, like, this full-grown man putting a 12-year-old boy through a table on live television. I wept. I laughed so hard that maybe, like, that's my favorite sketch on Puffin. (laughs) This this, like freak of nature being eight foot tall beanpole who comes to the ring fucking drenched in blood crawling on all fours <laughs> and the fucking ring. something out of the fucking ring oh my god, oh my god it was so funny I just like <sighs> I could not recover after seeing that little boy being oh my god. I just couldn't recover for such a long time I was like, I I had that thing where like the back of like the back of my head hurt and like my face was sore and oh my god, like there's Kevin, so much. Who gave Chris Nick Polini the fighting style of Andre? I did a big boy for the little boy because it was conceptually funny because it made me laugh when I played the game. <laughs> a man who's only. Only Marshall Grace is that he's a million feet tall and two million pounds. Yeah, I'm sorry pounds. to break it to all you fucking jerkwads out there. Andre was not a great wrestler. He was a great personality. Like, he was... He couldn't move. And that's not... I'm not, like, trying to make fun of the guy. He had a fucking... No, the man's joint hurts from a condition called omphalosepsis. It's when your pituitary gland produces too much hormone and you just get too dang big. The man, just to like sleep at night, the man had to drink like a cask of Amontillado just to like fall asleep. Like, my man was not a great wrestler. (laughs) It's He couldn't do like a 40 minute clinic. Like he couldn't do a, you know... Kenny Omega versus uh, Okada at the G1 Climax. Yeah, like, like he couldn't the, do the proper 60 joints wouldn't let him. The worst contemporary <laughs> professional wrestler is better than Hulk Hogan. Like, is just a better wrestler than Andre or Randy. They just are. The art form has progressed well, no, into insanity. Well, no, that's because back then wrestling was just adjacent to the yeah, freak Yeah, it was a circus performance. Of just, look at these horribly large motherfuckers. Let's just mash them together for 30 minutes. And then... I need to get a... The real fruit. I need to get a capture card and record all that footage Absolutely. of our, our wrestle boys. I need to get the, that uh, You know, I have a... I have a, a, a what's El Gato? I'll just mail it to you. Okay. <laughs> I ain't using no, no fucking El Gato. The, the one wrestling character I remember, I remember making was Renfield. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. All that I rem- and the two things I remember is that one, you could make the top half of a person astonishingly short, and the bottom half way too long. The uh... and then I found the fishnets option. Oh yes. So I just went with the legs for days option for this hunchbacked goblin man. Oh, daddy, no.
Yes, me, WWE superstar Rick Rowe. My name is Justin Grimroth. I'm one of the cast members at uh, the Puffin Publishing Podcast. Thanks for uh, agreeing to meet me here. It's unpleasant to meet you. I won't shake your hand. I'm Rick Rowe. That's, you know what, that's fine. There's a cold going around. I totally get what you're saying. Yeah, I don't cover my nose when I sneeze. I'm Rick Rowe. Okay, um, uh, can, I, can I buy you a coffee before we sit down? Yeah, and I definitely won't offer to buy you one. I'm Rick Rowe. Okay, what would you like, Rick? Surprise me. Surprise you? Okay. I never give straight answers to questions. I'm Rick Rowe. Do you, do you at least have any allergies that I should be aware of before I surprise you? Yeah, but I'm not going to tell you, and I'm going to blame you. If they flare up, I'm Rick Rowe. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Bruce, uh, can, I have a, uh, can I have a soy pumpkin spice with a little bit of caramel in it? It's for my friend. That's a lot of sugar. I didn't tell you what I want, but I don't want that. I won't drink it. I'm Rick Rowe. Well, Rick, how was just a black coffee? All right, Justin Germeroff. Okay. I don't think we set up who you were. I didn't introduce you. I'm Rick Rowe. Yeah, I know. I did, I did introduce myself, though. Thanks for reminding me, Rick. Did you? Yeah. I don't listen when you talk. I'm Rick yeah. Rowe. Uh, okay. One of the running bits that the uh, that the property brothers have is that one of them is five eleven and the other is five twelve, and that's because I made the property brothers in that wrestling game. And for the first time in my life, with any character I created, I had to figure out how tall are they. <laughs> and uh, also, and legit, the, Vern, your best characters. Yes, a hundred percent. The property <laughs> brothers are oh the, the, the best. Vern, you have the strongest character work out of any of us oh no i don't know weird <laughs> misshapen people <laughs> in our podcast yes. and the property brothers are just consistently truly lynchian monstrosities <laughs> just ab just just people who in the puzzle of just society do not not only don't fit but have crammed himself. <laughs> and the and that dissonance works so well. I I, I die every time they talk about Bark's root beer <laughs> and how I, much bite it has. I will I will second that actually. Wow. Uh, because um, to this day the moment anyone brings up the idea or the concept of the Property Brothers, oh, I yeah. still get irrationally angry. <laughs> oh, no, that, 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 and, that and the uh, the Carol House Furniture guy. 100%. I'm, like, I can feel my heart starting to, like, quicken right now thinking it, it, about it, it, them. It, for the record, for people who don't live in Missouri... Carol House Furniture is a discount furniture chain. <laughs> Vern, Vern just assumed the, the man who runs it is a psychopath. He just assumed it. And played him as such. Absolutely. It is, uh, uh Vern, the... the... House, man, if you're a fan of the podcast, we're sorry. I'm not. Bring it on. Uh, I'm angry gotta, now. I'm you <laughs> heard, the the fans want to know one thing, and I have had it brought up to me multiple times. Are you aware of the third property brother who is an emo boy? 
Uh, no, I I had no idea. What? Wait, what is his damage? Uh, look, is... Google him. Google third property brother. Third property brother. What the fuck else um, are you gonna call him? I don't know his name. Yeah, literally, because he looks like fucking Pete Wentz. Now, T.S. Wiggles, we know that you have a very sick mother. My mother is perfectly fine. She has a nice three-story house. Well, it was a three-story house, but right now it's going to have a lot more stories because we turned her house into a library. Isn't that right? You That's right, Dale. We turned her house into a library. You turned my Because mother. you have so many authors that live here. You turned we turned everything into a library. Me and my brother, Dale Property. So let me just list off a couple of different rooms. Mm -hmm. Just say yes for library, no for no library. Kitchen. Library. Bedroom. Libraries. Living space. Library. Basement. Yes, library. Torture chamber. Library. Sex chamber. Library. Jane Austen sex chamber. Jane Austen library. Jane! Who dares disturb my slumber? I went to sleep in my opium den, and I woke up surrounded by fucking books. The thing I hate most in the whole world! Oh no! She's gonna clunk her heads together like they're a pair of coconuts! Oh no! Coconut dot wave! My least favorite sound effect! Ripped it straight from YouTube, motherfucker! Look at those spinning libraries above our heads! I know, they were Tweety Birds, but I turned them into libraries! Why are we letting them still live? Thank you all. Uh, you all honor me. Um... I guess, uh, I don't know, uh, at some point, not being very well read stopped being a crutch and started being this other thing for me. Oh, the podcast about books stopped yes. being relevant <laughs> to books? Uh, why? And, uh, yeah, and I don't... You, if you listeners pay attention to the first couple episodes, there are a lot of sketches about, like, pitching books and and approving books and then very quickly we're eating shoes it's just it's such yes. a such a turnaround um it was really funny we used to have uh in the basement where we recorded in kevin's room basement whatever uh we had that big um chart and it was all the characters that we all did and it always made me laugh uh how like you'd have kevin and you'd have like Matt Damon Grimm, Jane Austen, J.K. Rowling, uh, all these, like, <laughs> famous authors. And then you'd have Justin, and you'd have, like, Clive Cussler, you'd have uh, Renfield, you'd have famous authors and famous characters from literature. And then Joe, you'd have H.P. Lovecraft, you have Bram Stoker, you have all these famous characters from literature or authors. And then there'd be my list, and it'd be, like... The Property Brothers, Owen Wilson, <laughs> like Shoeless Joe Jackson. Like, there was n hardly any authors in that list. <laughs> to be fair, uh, also. Oh yeah, to, to be, be fair, fair, also, one of my, one of the character I really loved portraying was actually the industrious Russian. I, oh, I will admit yeah. that. In all fairness, Joe, <laughs> it's because the one character trait of a just, of industrious Russian is this man is competent. Which you cannot describe any of us. This, no, absolutely this, not. This this man and this legion of identical Russians are this for some reason of people. incredibly competent. Like the most competent like uh living creatures 
in the Puffin universe, just like, they get shit done. Not only do they get shit done, but they get shit done correctly. Because the Property Brothers also get shit done, but it's never what anyone wants. They but turned the investors... my bathroom into a library! <laughs> Little House on the Prairie is now, in fact, a tiny house! <laughs> it's an even littler house on the prairie. Next! Hello? Yes, name and where you're registered to vote, please. Other Russian. Other Russian? Sounds good to me. Polling booth number one, please. Thank yes. you. They're voting so quickly that I'm kind of starting to suspect that it's just kind of one guy swapping out mustaches and hats. Hello? Name and where you're registered to vote, please. Natalia Toskro. And where you're registered to vote? Russia. Sounds good. Polling booth number six, please. They're, they're not even hiding the fact that they're not registered to vote in Banksburg. Next, Natalia please. just had a full face of stubble. Next, please. Hello? My name is Granny. Uh, hold on. Oh, oh God. Good lady, I've taught to do. My name is Granny uh, Smith. Granny, yes, Granny Smith. And I'd like to vote this. I'm very interested in United States election. Banks, Banksburg. That is right, it's a mayoral race for Banksburg. Go ahead and vote in booth number four. Here's some cough drops for your throat. Russians! We found the wrong place! Move out! And what were you saying about wrong people voting here? What? Okay, so guys, what is a character you always wanted to do but could never figure out how to make work. I had two. I had, um, I think her name is Janet Ivanovich. Yeah. Um, the, the lady who did the, uh, the I, numbers books. Oh, like, like I, finger licking 15. Yes. I think it's uh, Evanich. Let me, let me confer here. Janet. Ev- I, I had her, but I had nothing. I had no ideas. And then I had, um, I wanted to do, E.E. E. Cummings, and the idea I had was that, like, the lack of grammar, the lack of punctuation, the lack of capitalization wasn't an artistic choice. It was just because he was an idiot. But I I didn't have any other jokes beyond that. Um, <laughs> a man who doesn't know what a period is. Yeah, I, I had those for a long time. And then I also had this uh, thing I tried to get going, and it was, I tried to make Yankee Doodle a character. Um, but I don't think anyone finds that as funny as, as I do, so it was like the but Like the Yankee Doodle Dandy? Yeah, like... The one like who a cooking... put a feather in his cap and called it macaroni? Yeah, just something stupid like that. Like, be so hard to convey in an improv audio format to you guys that, like, he keeps putting feathers in things and thinking it's something else. I don't know. It wasn't... I tried, but... Conceptual! Yes. How about y'all? Um, I had... Oh, certainly a few. Now, he showed up a couple times on the show, um, but he... Uh, we never settled on, like, a definitive version. There are a few authors like that who popped up, played by various people at various times. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always had... I Edgar Allan Poe, the fact that he was, like, born and raised in Boston for many years, so just, like, fucking taking this dude, right? I'm fucking Edgar Allan Poe, man. You see my cousin, dude? She's fucking hot. Oh, if anyone's gonna <laughs> fuck my cousin, it's gonna be me, dude. I can't fucking just believe an- it. 
Just another Wahlberg brother. Yeah, essentially, essentially uh, Edgar Allan Poe as a as a Wahlberger, um, and then the character makes no sense. Um, but Walt Disney's brother was named Roy Disney, and for some reason, when I hear Roy Disney, I just think of like a fucking deep Brooklyn dude. I just think, of, oh, hey, I'm Roy Disney. I don't know fucking about no Snow White and Seven Dwarves. I do know about the fucking yeah. Seven Train leaving me at the station. Oop, oop, oop. Like essentially, essentially that. Uh, which is a character I've done Long in Island a... Disney. I've done... It's basically my Stan Lee character, uh, where Stan Lee is always playing, like, a janitor or something, and he's like, The Incredible Hulk? I don't know anything about that. I do know about the Incredible Patreon. Like, essentially, like, it's basically the same bit. But those are my two untapped gems. Joe, who did you want to make work but could never figure out... It was, I wanted to, I really, truly wanted to try and figure out how to make a Stephen King character work. However, because of certain events, that character always felt really tainted. How so? Uh, well, there's not really an... Yeah, there's not really an easy way of talking about it without mentioning the... Very, very early on, um, elephant in the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. We did write ourselves into a corner. <laughs> and yeah, we uh, bandied about a particular word with, with pretty reckless abandon, I think. Yeah. It's, it, it was one of those ones where I there was always, like, some semblance of things rolling around in my head of what I could do with, like, a Stephen King type of character. Um, mm-hmm. it, there's vi- there's a very obvious trend in the characters that I enjoy playing, but I... It always felt weird wanting to pose that, considering, like, the content... Considering the initial context of what Stephen King was in the early days of Puffin. Mm-hmm. So. I hear you. Yeah, uh, no, that's yeah. totally fair. It's, yeah. uh, so it's, we set up a canon we couldn't maintain. <laughs> I mean, I, uh, peop- I mean, some authors, like going back and listening through, it's like some authors get mentioned and then get retconned later down the oh, line. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But it's when, it's, when it's not an author deal, when it's like a person deal, that's where it kind of gets a bit more mm-hmm. difficult to play around with. That's totally fair. I just brought down the mood. No, it's all good. No, 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 no. no. It, no it's <laughs> a genuinely important conversation to have. It's essentially just like, without saying anything specific, like, um, and if anyone's listening to this, uh, you know, an hour and a half in, like, uh, mental health issues are a real thing, and uh, you know it's uh, it's important to uh, make sure you're in a good place, and uh, and it's important to you know do the work and and figure out what's not working for you and figure out what is working for you and everything. And uh, it's always sad whenever uh, someone who has a lot of talent, when someone uh, who has you know who has a lot of gifts. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sometimes it's through no fault of their own, but, like, those gifts get squandered. 
Um, or those uh, gifts don't get used correctly, or uh, those gifts are not allowed to have, like, the main stage. Um, and so uh, that's always a bummer. Um, and so, you know, uh, uh, as, as someone who was, like, present at an event, like, that was not at all fun. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think about... Uh, I think about that event, and I think about the uh, the folks involved in that event a lot. And like, um, I know one of them's doing well, um, but the other one, like, yeah, you know, I hope is doing well, and I hope they found some sort yeah. of some sort of peace and some sort of understanding. I don't, I don't wish them any ill will or anything like that. I just, I wish them good things. Um, they found, fa- they found a solace of some point. And yes. look, if you yourself, if you, if you listener are going through issues of some capacity. If you're lucky enough to have insurance, talk to your provider. There's probably a like mental health thing that you're not aware of or your insurer's not aware of that you can use. Or also, talk to counselors in, in your network. They're generally pretty open to negotiating price. Absolutely. Counseling is what matters the most. Mindful therapy group in uh, Linwood, Washington saved my life. Uh, I'm a, uh, that's Whenever I talked uh, earlier about like being a different person than I was when we first started doing the Pup and Publishing podcast, uh, Mindful Therapy Group, it was a big part of that. Um, they they helped me, you know, like, figure out a lot of things and understand a lot of things. And uh, I kind of wish uh, I I had them... I kind of wish I'd known them or had, had that, you know, benefit of going to see them before Puffin. But at the same time, um, I may not have been able to create completely mentally unhinged characters uh if my head was at peace so i don't know this summer ah it's me acclaimed filmmaker and author of fast times and rolling stone articles cameron crow what's this high school back where it all began and then began again and now begins again from the director of almost famous. So you want to enroll here at Whitpan High? Yeah, yes, sir. You do realize that we only accept high school age students, correct? I don't see what the problem is, sir. I'm a healthy 15 year old. You clearly look 62. At the studio that brought you 500 days of summer and 69 days of cummer. I don't know, uh, Cameron, but with a K, you're super nice and you're super cute, but you look and sound like my dad's age. You know who else looks and sounds like your dad's age? The Allman Brothers. I did coke with them in the 70s. Wait, what? Comes the rip-roaring tale that proves you really can feel young again. Hey, Crow, but with a K instead of a C, you run like a 62-year-old man on that track. Pick up the pace. Yeah? Well, you run like Mick Jagger after he does heroin for 18 hours. God, don't I know it. Sketches that you wanted to make uh, happen, but uh, never did for whatever reason. Lord knows I tried making L. Ron Hubbard happen, but that's kind of like staring into the sun. It's just too bright to contain <laughs> within one man, and you go blind with the attempts. Uh, Andy Daly is the only person I've ever seen actually oh, accomplish that. 100%. And it's only because it's Andy Daly, one of the most talented character like, character comedians and actors we have right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. And probably of all time, to be quite honest with you. Oh, easily. I cannot wait for him to make a hard pivot to drama and just oh, bre- drive us all to tears. Yeah, the new Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and I, genuinely. I, genuinely, though, in, in certain respects. 
Um, yeah, and in case, like, speaking of Andy Daly as L. Ron Hubbard, the, the show, Puffin, is kind of like a, a ripoff of two things, you know? An echo. An echo of, of two different other, uh, shows, uh, one of which, uh, both of which are Paul F. Tompkins' joints. Um, one of them which is... Which I didn't know about until we, until, like, two years after yeah. we recorded the show. I mean, I knew about it, I... but it's not, uh, I don't think it's so similar that, like, our format is so different that it's, you know, it's just the author connection. But it's sort of a mutual ripoff of the Dead Authors podcast and um, uh, uh, Super Ego. I was in like the format of Super Ego, um, uh, the the end credits, everything uh, to me when I was when we were envisioning the the making the show work was um, a, an intentional uh, borrowing from those two things, shall we say? Um, I will say though, like. We've definitely made this thing our own. 100%. No, like, no one could ever listen to Puffin and be like, this is not Puffin. <laughs> like, uh-huh. this show is uh, is very much what it is, uh, for good and for bad. The one character, though, the one character I always wanted to do, and I never had the guts to do, was William S. Burroughs. He was a uh, beatnik poet who, um, oh, who actually... Yes, okay. Yeah, the, uh, if you've seen Naked Lunch, it's about that guy. If you haven't seen it, he was a poet um, in the 50s who, would, who uh, after accidentally shooting his wife in a game of William Tell in Mexico... William S. Burroughs, too. What yeah, got show? really into heroin and fucking underage boys in Tangiers, Morocco. Oh, boy. Oh. Uh, yeah, well, why, literally, why pretty were, much uh... every beatnik of that era, like Allen Ginsberg... Like that whole crowd, they fought. They, they were all gay. They all, they fucked teenage kids in Morocco. It sucks. Hell but yeah. That's what that's what you did when you were gay in the fifties. <laughs> yeah, you know. It, literally, you couldn't be gay anywhere else. <laughs> so you had to be gay in Morocco. Yeah, had to be gay in Morocco. I want to be uh, gay and, in Morocco. And he was. I want to be gay in Morocco. Sorry. He, and he kind of drove himself crazy through being, A, horribly addicted to heroin, and also getting really into Scientology and Pulp Fiction novels. Oh. Where, um, And the way he writes is stream of consciousness, where he just would write stuff, cut it up with scissors, and then put the fragments together, and he would oh, publish gotcha. that. So, he'd, so the way he'd write is like, you know... Hey, you know, I want to uh, go out and, you know, I went to the bodega and the bodega was a frogman. The frogman pet his cat and he told me, listen, Mac, there's a Pepsi Cola in the next side door. And I opened the side door and there was a nice young man and he splayed his cheeks. And I entered him and we entered for 45 minutes and it stunk like a compost heap. And I'm genuinely not exaggerating. That's how he wrote. You know, you got to find what works for you, I guess. Yeah. Again, it was tough being gay in the 50s. But but just that madcap deadpan uh, surrealism I really, really wanted to do. And I and I, I just never f- could figure out a genuine grounded sketch to do it in. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, so we don't have a clip for this either. Um, he was talking about a character that he never did on the show, a sketch he never did on the show, and also like something like uh, you know pretty pretty crummy, something uh, not cool to talk about. I don't know why you want to hear more. Like, what the fuck? I always wanted to do. And there's still a possibility that it could happen. Uh, but I always wanted to do um, the first Christmas, uh, Mary taking, uh, you know, being very pregnant and going to try and find a room, but only being uh, able to put in a manger. I always wanted to do the first Christmas, but um, with the pregnant woman character I do playing Mary. <laughs> I always wanted to do that sketch. Vern, Vern, could you remind me of your pregnant woman character? Because uh, I'm, fr- I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank. Oh, oh, just, I just no. mm, don't, don't do it. Don't. I know. I genuinely don't remember it. Oh. Well, her gimmick is very unique. Uh, I have a lot of characters that are very well developed and have multiple facets of their personality. Her gimmick was that she was pregnant. And I'm pregnant. I'm oh, pregnant. look at me, I'm pregnant. <sighs> yes. You see, uh, I find that like it's always really weird to me whenever a person has a baby and they communicate yes. through the baby. They're like, he's saying he's tired right now. Isn't he saying that? He wants some f-. And like where they communicate through the baby and I think that's uh, weird and bizarre. And so I just took that to the next level or the previous level and it was uh, a woman whose personality was that she was pregnant and she just kept saying that she's pregnant over and over and over and I really wanted like sorry ma'am there's no room at the inn but I'm pregnant like we can put you in the manger with the farm animals with the farm animals I'm pregnant I really wanted to do that (laughs) I don't want to be with the camels. I'm pregnant. Because I love jokes that are the same joke over and over and over. (laughs) That's my favorite kind of comedy. (laughs) I need advice. I'm pregnant. What do you need advice on? I don't know how to be a mother. Oh, you don't know how to... Well... There are so many books about it. Why, I wrote one, and I'm a goddamn baby. Where did I learn such language? I learned it by watching you. Can you please be careful of your language? I'm expecting with a baby. I don't want him to learn nutty words. I don't know if you could tell I'm pregnant. I can't indeed tell you're pregnant. I can tell you're definitely, probably, like a shut-in sort. Like, you don't get out much. Besides to come tell me that you're pregnant. Yeah, inside me there's a baby. Well, I'm very sensitive to that. I am one. The people we empathize with most are ourselves, and after that, it's people very much like us. Man, you're having a hard time keeping it together. I'm overcome with emotion. I'm gonna be a mother. You do have a lot of hormones racing through you. You are indeed pregnant. For fun, I was looking through my notes app just now, just to see if I had any puffin remnants left. Um, I did have 
one. I don't... It's barely like an author... Because we... I think what kept me from doing it was that we had already done a comedy bit about 9-11. Um, uh, and so why oh, double down? Wow, why why go back in? But I the, mean... Well, I mean, can we pick something else like Hurricane Katrina? Yeah, really? Why go back in? What are we, Steve Ratnazzi? <laughs> um, but for some reason, Hurricane Katrina is not funny, but 9-11 is. I think, I think because 9-11 got more than the attention that it needed and Hurricane Katrina was still woefully under, under, like... Deeply unkid... Although, what is great about, uh, one of the great, uh, results of Hurricane Katrina... You know what was great about Hurricane Katrina? ...in New Orleans anymore. They just got rid of them. What was great about Hurricane Katrina? Public schools. It's all charters and private schools now in New Orleans. Oh, wow. They privatized the whole education system. But uh, to talk about this one bit, I have no other yeah, reason or place to do this yeah. bit. Yeah. It was Let's called, get back to serious it matters. Was, it's, called, it's, it's, a, it's a bit that Vernon... <laughs> oh, um, yeah. It was... It, the, the joke would go something like this. It would be real New York stories, the day that New York changed forever, and you would have a New York guy, and he'd be talking about, like... Oh, you know, I was I was walking down 42nd Street and I felt this shake, right? And it would be like a very serious story. And then people would continually tell their stories about exactly where they were at 9-11. But it would get more and more New York. And it would be like, I was at a Mets game with Woody Allen eating a slice of Brooklyn pizza. When suddenly, <laughs> at, on September 11th at 9-17 a.m., I felt this incredible. And it would, it would just—I <laughs> was operating shit, the Statue remember, of Liberty like a transformer. Uh, do you guys remember uh, Glenn Beck's whole like campaign where he wanted to return to the emotional place of September twelfth? When SNL told Dude, us it was uh, okay to laugh again. No. When when Vince McMahon and the WWE well, no, like that's what told the whole John Stewart return to sanity campaign was about. If uh, man, speaking of. Uh, Saturday Night Live uh, after 9-11. Man, if Rudy Giuliani just completely disappeared off the he face of the earth after out. that. He could have been like, well, he would have been remembered completely differently than he is now. There would be a statue of him right now, whereas currently, uh, you know, we... Gra- Grampy can't drive anymore because he can't, like... it's. Uh, no. In all fairness, I'm glad there's someone on TV showing us how awful teeth can become. Just like a warning sign for, <laughs> for you not taking care. To motivate, to motivate precocious Republican teens to brush their teeth. It's just like his opinions and his whole personality has gotten so bad that even his teeth are trying to get away from him. Got him. They're just getting yellower and longer with every yeah. year. Oh, oh, really? You, you, you're look, you're looking for a clip now. You you want a clip that represents that about Mayor Rudy Giuliani? A clip about him falling from grace and becoming a Trump guy? A clip about nine eleven? That's what you're looking for? What the? F- uh, I guess like we went on for way we went we've went on for way longer than we anticipated. 
Uh, and we should probably that scans as usual. Um, that's yeah, that's typical for us. Um, are there before we do that though? Are there are there any closing puffin thoughts that any of you guys might have, whatever they might be? Okay, uh, guys, if a listener has listened to the entirety of our podcast and against God's will has decided to start their own comedic podcast. <laughs> what is a piece of advice you would give that listener? Don't think too much about what you're doing. A hundred percent. That is exactly uh, what I was uh, going to say. Where like, if you if you think all day about whether or not something is perfect and funny, you will never fucking put anything out. So just do it. Most of the things you want to do are not all that difficult. Just just sit down and do the damn thing. A mo- majority of my personal favorite things I've done on the show, the sketches that I am in that I'm the most proud of, are the sketches that like. I would have written off in a prior and previously is like being too dumb to actually do. Um, but because I didn't write them off as being too dumb, we have uh, Dean Koontz walking for 15 minutes, threatening to kick someone's ass. And we have Owen Wilson singing about a water cooler. And we <laughs> have... Have... Dean Koontz is one of the great characters of the podcast. <laughs> one of the great characters. We love Dean Koontz. We stand a legend. Our unproblematic king, Dean Koontz. You, you guys, uh, you guys honor me, but uh, I would, I would, uh, my advice would be, um, unless you're getting in a dicey material, don't think too much. Just do something stupid because that's what's funniest, and people just want to laugh. And I would also just add on to that: you're not going to make everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. This is comedy true. Is, comedy is incredibly, incredibly subjective, so. If you're if you're going into this being like, man, I want to make everyone just bust a fucking nut laughing, nah, it ain't gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But then again, I've been out of the podcast game for four years. <laughs> but you're still consistently one of the funniest performers of on the podcast. Oh, absolutely! Like ha- again, hands down, uh-huh. the best quality performer. You're, I will you got take some, that. You've got some, but really I funny do not believe in, you. Uh, in, a, in episode 49, the last episode that went up, uh, I'm, I'm editing a funny bit. Well, I've been editing a funny bit with you for episode 51. Uh, you all, I would say, I mean, Joe, you're very funny, but uh, all of you guys make me laugh. And that's why... All, doing, all of you guys are funny as shit. Doing, doing puffing with y'all has been very fun because y'all make me laugh. And y'all make me laugh in different ways. And uh, y'all cause me yeah. uh, to step up my game. And uh, uh, Puffin's uh, like any, like a relationship with anything, because we've had a four-year-long relationship with this show. There's ups and downs. There's times where, like, I hated the show, and there's times where I loved the show. And that's just how a relationship goes. Um, but uh, but it's, uh, it's a relationship 100%. that uh, I'm happy to have been a part of, and I'm happy still going, because uh, there's, uh, there's a lot of good there, and it makes me smile, and... We hear nice things about it from people. Uh, people seem to like it, and we've got to do some really fun, really cool stuff that, like, I don't think would have happened any other way. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing 100%. I like most about the show is that 
as as a comedy nerd, as someone who enjoys comedy, we this show has done every single type of comedy there is. Uh, and there's, as a result of doing that, there's nothing that felt like, there's very few things that have ever felt like wrong for the universe of the show. Everything kind of tracks. Mm-hmm. We can have like, uh, you know, something as like ridiculous and dumb as our Lewis and Clark sketch where like people are being thrown a, off. An entire <laughs> special based on an environmental special from 1998 exactly. that maybe like, 3,000 people saw. Yes. <laughs> Total. Throughout all of history. And we can have that and a Suicide Squad parody. And the the Ghost Rider Ouija board, which is one of my personal favorites. I love that sketch. We can have all of this and fucking Jane Austen and Chaucer and all of these weird uh, Green and Polini, just these great, weird things. Um, Programming-wise, uh, our last episode of Puffin proper is this upcoming April. Uh, so that'll be five solid years of uh, releasing episodes of Puffin. And we have, to this date, never missed a first of the month. Even if it was like a best of. We, we did not miss a month in that entire time so far. Um, and and we had bonus content for a lot of those months. Yeah, and and Kevin and bonus songs or lo- like whatever we we put out and and we never blew up the comedy charts like a comedy bang bang or whatever, but I am uh proud of that. That that mm-hmm. we we kept it going the entire time. You honestly couldn't ask for a better starter project. Something to light, to really light. This is what Puffin was for me. It was something to light the fire and really spark creativity and imagination and engagement with other creatives. Absolutely. And this is a space where we just let ourselves be weird, be ourselves. And we together produced enough content for five years, for four and a half years. <laughs> yeah. Most things, most forms of art can't ask, can't get that. And I am genuinely so thankful to have known you guys and to have done absurd comedy alongside you guys. To produce this utterly insane, unmarketable project (laughs) that I'm still really proud of. Big same. Um, it's been a fount of creativity and good things have come from it. And like, sometimes I, I, I don't know, it's, it's been nice for me. Cause sometimes like, I think I, I, I've, my version of like being a middle-aged man is like, oh, I'm not funny anymore. And I listen to Puffin and I'm like, ah, oh, you know what? I've got some <laughs> moments. Um, but like, also, Still got it. uh, you know, like, like Kevin, like Justin said, like it, it's been a good, like, um, like trampoline to bounce off of other things, uh, you know, and it's um, because I'd done live shows at, with Puffin, uh, I was confident enough to do a live show to raise money for pet turtles, and uh, you know, I I did a very terrible stand-up about strawberries. I enjoyed it, um, uh, and like those, uh, I've 
uh, you know, I get to do like, uh, they're not much, but those like little dumb little promo videos I do every month, those are fun. And it's, it's been a good launch pad for other things. And, uh, and also like, I don't know, it's just been a nice, like, we've all been friends for over four and a half years now. We've been friends for a long time. And a comparable five or six. A comparable five or six, but like. Everyone else has, like, pictures, and everyone else has, uh, like, notes that they've passed and whatever. But, like, uh, our, our, uh, our family album is a, is a comedy show. Uh, and it, it exists as a, a weird sort of, like, audio diary for us. I can listen to sketches, and I can remember, like, what the thing in our real lives was that inspired that sketch... Um, and, uh, it's a cool thing that we have. We, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, we have art that, uh, that bonds us all. And that reminds us all of our time together. Uh, and that's a cool thing. Absolutely agree. Yeah. Couldn't say it better myself. (laughs) Even though I'm, even though I'm strapped down to this chair unwillingly (laughs) here. And we will let you out. We will let you out. Yeah. Yeah, hold on. Let me get the uh, let me get the box cutter. Yeah, the yeah the art holds us together, but so does the rope too. The the zoo is gonna open, and we gotta let you out of the bird atrium uh, before before <laughs> the zoo. We're in canon, so I hope that we put bird sounds in the back of this entire episode. Of course. Uh, the good news is well, it's true. We did record the entirety of this podcast within the St. Louis Zoo birdhouse. Absolutely. The the good news is uh, we're. We've been recording for as long as that 10-hour bird sound ambiance track Kevin has goes. So, uh, we, <laughs> we, had, well, like, we had to break into the zoo during quarantine to record it. Yes. So, like, it would, yeah. it, it'd probably be fair to put some siren sounds in the background as well, because we did technically break the law. Yes, uh, police, open um, up! I'm a bastard! Open up! Open up! I'm a bastard! It's not just any police officer, it's... That's right, Officer Mike Hernandez. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> quick, quick, someone put in the... The... the, the you think in a zoo there'd be more pigs. Put in the... Sting. Put in the Dragnet yeah, theme Dragnet. song. Yeah, Dragnet, I couldn't think of the name of that put, show you were Put on. in the Dragnet theme song and let me quick Google some Jersey Shore references, a show I never watched but reference all the time is Officer Mike Hernandez. <laughs> that was amazing, Fur, that you came over to record a, like, abridging scene Who's for the stupid radio drama I... I... For this idiot podcast. I love that radio drama. Who's, that was so Who's Vern? That's Officer Mike Hernandez. <laughs> yeah, who's Vern? You mean, you mean that guy that shot with a beanbag gun? <laughs> What are you talking about? The guy I shot with a rubber bullet dead between the eyes. Don't worry, it's non-lethal. I heard the Scoob podcast. I know how he feels about me. (laughs) I took him down first. This has been the Puffin' Publishing Podcast (laughs) with TV's Kevin Lanigan. Gurf Merkel, Joe Conroy, Hands Handy, Big John Smalley, Justin Germeroff, Punky Brewster, Officer Mike Hernandez, Banksburg PD, and Fern Tooley, musical guest. 
three skeletons on PCP, and your host, Don Bardo. Remember, remember when we used to do that? Hell yeah. That was great. God. Those were you know what? days. In the end, I only have one thing to say to you guys. Oh? Fuck all three of you. Tried so Ballad. Totally warranted. Whoa, he so just... <laughs> Joe fell off a cliff. He is gone. <laughs> He said, fuck all of you, and it said, Joe left the call. Oh, my God. <laughs> Joe, if you, for some insane reason, listen to this again, just know we love you. We love you. And we literally we you, could not have done any of this podcast without you. You are you. sincerely our rock. We love we love you, Joe. We love uh, all the special guests that we've had over the years. Yes. Oh my God. Uh, uh, I can't remember them all, but Elizabeth Sam uh, Swanson, uh, Kirby Jacob Kelleher, Jacob Kirby Kelleher, Weber, Avery Waddell, Avery Waddell, Dan Fenton, um, Sean Malarkey, Forrest, uh, Forrest Wharton, Forrest Ken Bone, Ken Bone. Well, yeah, Forrest was casting as Joe. Yeah, that's right. Uh, was that dramatic enough? Or... No, that was good. Again, Joe, you're the best actor on this podcast. So I've said it before, yes. and I'll say it again. I'd fuck Joe Conroy silly. Joe fucks yeah. the best of us. Oh, I guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm going to stop. Yeah, uh, well, I have no idea how to respond to that. So just... For a bartender, he, show, he sure knows his way around the pipe. Oh, boy. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you. Thank you all so much. We got good stuff coming towards you in the future. The next couple months of Puffin are going to be super, 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 super fun. Got a lot of great stuff. Maybe the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life is going to be in the next couple of months. So I'm excited. So uh, check it out. Thanks for listening, y'all. Peace.
All right. Uh, cool, 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 cool. Uh, sick. Then I'll do ones. Vern oh, do... shit. Oh, no. Uh, Vern... It's fine. I... Vern shit himself. Vern I... shit his dang pants. Oh, my God. The... Oh, how can I smell it okay. through Skype? Oh, okay. fuck. Oh. Uh, all that talk uh... about... No, Vern, you shouldn't have taken the other wish. The other what? The other wish, where you get all your shit done early. Oh, it's, uh, I, uh God misheard my prayer. Okay, um, guys, hypothetical. Would you rather take all the shits for the rest of your life right now, or... Yo... This is Continue. how old I am. The other day, I pooped. I had to poop twice in the same day, and that gave me like a fucking hemorrhoid for a week to do oh all God. the to do all the poop in the rest of my life in one day <laughs> would just obliterate my asshole. I cannot. It's a dark bargain. Ye strikes with the forces of magic. Do a ye. Cool monkey's paw. A it monkey's really, I mean, paw. Um, but instead of the monkey's paw, like curling a monkey's poo. Giant the monkey's poo. Yeah, exactly. Would you rather? Uh, yeah, I couldn't think of what that would be up against. Would you? Okay, would you? Would you? Would you rather take all the poops for the rest of your life now, or continue business as usual? Business as usual. I business really appreciate it. Business as usual for both of you. Both of you, Joe. I'm sorry. Uh, business as usual. Business as usual. I appreciate uh, my uh, my poop time, even if it. I just don't it's appreciate some, it if it happens twice in one day. Some quiet time, some alone time. Yeah. Free money at work. That's what exactly. I'm saying. Get you know, yeah. boss make a dollar, I make a dime, and that's why I shit on company time. Yes. <laughs> oh, if only I made a dime. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I'd kill for a dime. God, I just, I would suck a dick for a dime right now. I'd suck a dick for a pizza. That would be nice. I'd Ooh. suck a dime's dick. Oh. I'd suck FDR's dick. And Whoa. have this with that on the front of the dime. <laughs> <laughs> FDR, American badass. <laughs> 